Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 151. It's now been three years, 10 months, and 11 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And I'm back down to the podcast rock today. As it's been confirmed, I have a pretty crummy case of plantar fasciitis, which plays havoc with one's heels. And my foot doc says no to walking, hiking, and dancing for the foreseeable future. But on the bright side, the podcast rock is in reach. Today's show will be all about finding the bright side. I'll be letting go of something that you'll have to arrest from my gripping fingers for sure, but my life will be the brighter for it. We'll greet our newest BC, Patty O, who came via a method that made me smile brightly. I'll read a blog post I wrote inspired by a comment after last show from Donnie that shows why looking on the bright side is such an important skill. Then. I'll bravely share the tough love BC Dave gave me after that. Comments, announcements, and gratitude for you all to come. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh, and I'll share with you what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never Josh, it's wonderful amidst all these weird changes that I've been going through lately to have this constant of listening to you play that wonderful snippet of I'm letting go so that I can have that moment to just breathe ah, and think about what am I going to let go. And it occurred to me today that there's something really, really important for me to let go of. I mean, really important. I would underline it three times if I had a highlighter. <laughs> so I'm going to underline this. I'm going to let go of the concept of success. You heard me right, BCs, the concept of success. Because looking back on my life and my experiences, so much that has caused me pain has been my feeling that success is just out of reach. Or if I do achieve success, it's transient and going to be gone at any second, okay? This was very true when I lost all the weight with Weight Watchers and got down to 153, I think it was. <laughs> I was there. I was a success. I have pictures. I was a size six dress and a size eight pants. I was a success. But inside, I never felt any different. I've mentioned this many, many times, but I didn't feel any different. So that success did not cause me to be happy. For the last three years, I've been working really, really hard and studying and coaching and doing everything under the sun to become a viable professional voice actor. In fact, I hang out with pros. I've got my professional demos. I have agents. I do all kinds of things, but I've yet to crack the code that gets me that first paid voiceover gig. Now, that's not to say that couldn't happen anytime. 
because a lot about voice acting is selection. Once you get to a certain skill level, it's about, do we like your voice for this? Is it the voice that I heard? Are you doing something that surprised me? It's not always that you're not good enough. It's just you're not the one that they're going to select. But even so, after all these years and watching my friend's book or, you know, get gigs that are really cool and talking about that in our events, I start to feel more and more depressed. Like, I really don't belong here. I'm not one of the crowd. I'm not successful. I'm a pretender. I'm a faker. And I've had that in the past. I've had it with the podcasts and how they do. I've had it at jobs when I wish to have a promotion or to get an assignment that I didn't get. It seems looking back almost to my youngest, youngest days, I would hope and wish and work really hard for something because I wanted to prove that I was a success. I wanted to experience that elusive success. But it always felt just out of reach. And if I had it for a moment, like that 153 pound weight, because I literally had that for a moment, went up five pounds and stayed there for quite some time. But anyway, if I have that success, it feels very, very temporary to me. It's like I'm meant to be a failure, like I'm meant to be Charlie Brown trying to kick the football that Lucy always pulls away at the last moment, no matter how she promises that this time it's going to be different. This time you're gonna connect with that football, Charlie Brown, and this time you're going to make it. And I realize it's become really part almost of my character and my psyche to have this feeling that I'm not meant for success, that it's impossible for me to be a success. And if it's impossible for me to be a success, why should I even try? Well, if you don't even try for what you would like to have, what kind of life is that? You end up on the sofa watching Survivor reruns over and over and over again. And I love Survivor and it's fun to watch Survivor reruns, but it's not good to do that all the time or turn your whole life into just another rerun. Rerunning the things in your mind of what you've done. So, I was thinking about this. How can I let go of success when I want success so very, very badly? How can I let success go? Does that mean I stop working? Does it mean I stop striving? Does it mean I just, you know, give up, become 300 pounds again and give up all my voice acting endeavors and say, well, that was money flushed down the tube. Do I just stop doing what I'm doing? Do I pull the plug on all my podcasts and say, oh, I'm not the most popular podcast in Apple store. <laughs> you know, I might as well just forget it. Throw in the towel. No because what I've had throughout my life is experience. I've had the experience of what it's like to be at goal weight at Weight Watchers. I've had the experience of being in Body for Life competitions and being a dedicated weightlifter. Who knew I would ever be like a weightlifter and go into the, you know, the heavy duty side of the gym and have weightlifters like show me respect and help me out and spot me while I was lifting heavy. Wow, that was an experience I never thought I'd have. Last night, I went to a holiday party with a lot of my voice acting friends, many of whom do cartoons or video games that you would have heard of or national television spots. 
and they say, hi, Lori, how are you? Isn't this cool? Toast, champagne. They like my funny hat that I wore. I wore this reindeer hat. <laughs> they talk to me. They know who I am. And that was cool. That's an experience. And I was sitting outside with one of my friends, and I was saying, oh, you know, I'm starting to get so discouraged because I feel like such a faker. All of you have booked some work, and I feel like I'm the only one that hasn't booked anything. Now, that's not true, number one, but it is true that I'm one of the few at this level where I hang out is I'm one of the few that hasn't booked work yet. I said, I feel like I'm not part of this community. I feel just not good. And she's almost slapped me on the side of my head and said, hey, what are you talking about? Of course you're part of this community. Of course you are. You're here with us. We all go through these patches of, you know, where we're booking or we're not booking or we haven't found our niche market yet or we haven't marketed to the right people that might be interested in what you have to offer. And I'm willing to help you out. I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've done to market myself and I'm here to support you. I went, wow, this person who I greatly respect has some of these same feelings as I had and she's willing to help me. And I got to thinking about all that she had to say. And this last three years of working hard and studying hard and getting experience on the mic and auditioning and creating my demo and working with all of these great pros and coaches and getting to learn more about the voiceover industry, none of that is wasted. All of that is experience, whether it's learning patience, acceptance, acting craft. Like the other day I got the chance to practice redoing, you know, anime in English. I got to go to a studio who does that for a living and do a workshop where I got to see what that's like if I were the voice of a character that's been done in Japanese and how they do that in the actual studio where that's done. That is so friggin' cool. That's a cool thing. That, my friends, is an experience. Now, I challenge you too. think about things in your life where you felt a lack of success and turn it into experience. Because if we're on a diet or a food plan or a physical plan because we want to change our bodies, let's say, we've all had those weeks that were successful or not successful. But a hundred percent of the time we can say we've had this experience and when we look at our life events and our life path and our life journey through the glasses of experience we can find lessons there we can find things that tell us this is for me or not for me or i want to do this a different way or i really enjoyed this no matter what happens, if we look at what we're striving to do as experience, we always win. 100% of the time, we win because it takes the pressure off. It's much more like what life is. Life is a fluid set of moments where we're constantly changing, constantly growing, constantly learning, constantly having a different experience than we had before because we are changing in what we know and what our bodies are, what we can do, who we know. All of this 
is a constantly changing river. That's what life is. Success is one point in a life. Success cannot be continuous. It can only be a moment to appreciate or think about, but then you have to be on to the next thing. Whereas, if these moments of success are only part of the experience that you're having, they're just a moment. And your experience can contain a whole multitude of things that you can enjoy, appreciate, and learn from. So BCs, from now on, I'm going to think of my life as an experience. And I might just have some of those successes along the way. Before we move on, I want to thank the BC or BCs who've been to Amazon shopping via the Compulsive Overeating Diary link. It means the world to us when you take the time to do that. It doesn't cost you any more than shopping Amazon as usual. But when you access Amazon through the link we have on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com, a small commission comes to Mark and me and helps us with the cost of producing this show. Also, a big thanks and smooch to BC Mary S., who gifted me a virtual cup of Christmas coffee, which likewise goes to keeping the show going. Mm. BCs, Mark and I truly appreciate your financial support when you can afford it. And we appreciate all of the other support for this show, too, via your comments, calls, likes, and reviews. Compulsive Overeating Diary is a labor of love for us. And you all are the wind beneath its wings. Last show, I shared my weird discomfort with having to buy a new truck. I also posted photos on the show notes of day 150 of my old truck and my new truck. And here's part of what Donnie had to say about the truck and about our new friends from last show. Donnie writes, Wow, wow, what a beautiful truck, Miss Lori. Congrats. Uh, I think the price, payment, not so much. I truly feel your pains there. Ugh. Hopefully the rewards you reap help offset that. I prefer, like you, to make the most of what I have. Lori, it seems you're not alone in that eating more and exercising less club. Ugh. Reeling it in or trying. Yahoo! I also welcome our newest BC, Jeanette. We love new friends. And I want to be one of Jen Han's Normal Eaters Club members. Yes, please. I contracted a cold a week ago. The cough is hanging on and hanging on. Oh my, grrr. I'd consider it ironic that I've never gotten a flu shot before, but did in October and have been sick twice since. Not that sort of sick, but nonetheless, grrr. I hope everyone is doing grand. I said, hi, Donnie. Yes, I was just pondering on the topic of how the heck do you make getting a brand new friggin' truck into a downside? Laughing out loud. Fear, my dear. Fear of change. Hmm. Maybe when I get back from my bike ride, I'll try a blog post on that one. Journaling is a great way to connect with your inner self. Just like sometimes when I edit the show, I think, whoa, where did that come from? 
I've found journaling, especially longhand, will release some subconscious info. I'm super looking forward to hearing more about what you discover. I missed out on my flu shot this year, and so far I've been good, laughing out loud, sending you healthy, happy vibes for the holidays. Always fits, never needs cleaning. <laughs> I'm so happy you've stuck with me through all of these episodes and shared all of yourself with me and the other BCs. You will always be welcome and always be heard here, XOXO. BC Joe also mentions my new truck. Hello there, gorgeous Lori and fabulous BCs. What a beautiful, shiny, big old truck. Enjoy your new purchase as it was required and not a crazy indulgence. And I thought to myself, self, this is really weird that a shiny new truck is seen by you as a negative. Let's write about all of these changes and see what's up. So for your consideration, here's my blog post inspired by Donnie entitled, What's Under the Fear of Change? And I'll post a link to that particular post on today's show notes in case you'd like to read it and also see the photo of my excellent hair day. I begin the blog with a photo of me looking more fab than usual as I just had been to the hairstylist for a dye job and a blowout. Then I write, this is a quick photo of my hair at its best, colored, professionally blown out and attached to a rested face. Yet, I'm pretty sure I'm letting it go in the spring. Back to handy short hair that's easily washed and quick to comb, possibly gray. Why? Read on. Subtitle, The New Truck. Last show, I pondered greatly and shared my anxiety over the fact that we had to purchase a new truck. You can see photos of this beauty on the show notes on day 150. It is a big, beautiful truck that handles great, solves a big transportation problem, fits both big, tall Mark and shorter me really well. Our old truck has served us for years, yet now has become unreliable. We cannot trust ever that we will return home sans tow truck. Not a great way to travel. Mark and I are savers and careful with spending. This is a good thing. We had savings ready for a whopping big down payment and our research was ready to make sure our deal fit our finances. So why is my heart still palpitating like we got terrible news? This new purchase has so many rewards. It is a great truck. I'm fortunate to afford it. Mark loves it. It has cool features, way cooler than old reliable. But my mind is fixated on the negative. It makes me sick to my stomach to see the huge downtick in our savings. It makes me freak out to have monthly payments again, even though I can afford it in my budget and we accounted for that. It makes me so anxious to park it anywhere because I'm scared of bumping the new finish or having someone open the door on it. Hmm, sound familiar? Joe from the UK also commented after last show, what a beautiful shiny big old truck, enjoy your new purchase. Joe is right. We didn't just take our savings and bet it on a horse race or go on a cruise we couldn't afford or buy a timeshare we might regret. We purchased a new car, something we haven't done for over 12 years, to replace a car that's 20 years old. My main anxiety is that this is a new way of living. I didn't worry about the old truck, outside of wondering if I'd actually get to my destination. It was already dinged. It was cheap. It was familiar. Many of its consoles no longer functioned, but it had been my truck for decades. I knew how to drive it. 
I know how it feels. I know who I am when I'm driving that truck. Beautiful new truck scares the daylights out of me. I'm sitting higher up in the driver's seat. It has a backup camera, good thing. But I'm not used to cameras yet. It's longer and wider in the lane. It has a zillion buttons. It starts without a key. I hate that. I'm used to taking my key out of the ignition and putting it back in my purse or hiking pack and thence to my special key place in my house. I'm a key loser and a glasses loser and a phone loser, etc., etc. I have processes, thanks to my compulsive brain, that helps me keep track and fancy new trucks act weird do not help me. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. CBCs, it's not the truck, it's me. I like things to stay the same because I have built up an illusion of safety around the status quo, even when change is the best possible thing. Hmm. My diet and eating behavior was the same for decades too. I knew just what to do with that. Processes were pretty consistent, even if the next diet miracle method might change. I knew how to feel about myself according to the scale. I knew if I'd done well or not by my diet diary. This whole intuitive eating thing terrified me, just like this new truck does. So many people I've met have advised me to write a book about my experience with Compulsive Overeating Diary. They think it would be a hopeful and interesting story. But even after all these years and all the positives from doing this show and meeting all of you online or off, I still cannot wrap my head around my story being a worthwhile read for anyone, since I don't have any answer, and I remained at a higher weight than I first thought. I just can't help feeling like a failure. It is instinctive. It is status quo. It is the way I'm used to thinking about myself. Now, this admission is probably not a surprise to most of you, but it does still make me sad. This doesn't mean I think I should go on a diet immediately and become thin so I can have a bestseller that would be popular and get me a seat on Oprah. It's more that I'm trying to understand myself, like the greatness of the new truck's features, my lessons from Compulsive Overeating Diary, and my experience with intuitive eating and learning to eat as naturally as I could have so many outstanding benefits. I have listed them for you over the years. You've seen my growth and my bravery, but sometimes, I just cannot get out of my rut to appreciate them. Next subtitle, beauty doesn't always feel like it's within. Another rut I'm facing is my long hair. My hair was always thick and curly and my only claim to beauty. I grew up in the 60s and 70s where long hair was a great feature to have and valued. Even bullies who made fun of my hips would say nice things about my hair. Long hair also feels like protection easy to hide behind. I loved my hair. But when I hit 40, I thought, hmm, getting to the age where I'll have enough gray to dye my hair, and I don't really want to dye all of this thick, long hair. So on a whim, I walked into a beauty parlor off the street and said, cut it. Oh my goodness, it was a terrible haircut that day, and I cried. Luckily, my hair grows fast, so I soon got something more stylish and kept my hair short for years after that. It was much more convenient for washing, especially after bike riding and working out like a fiend in the gym. I felt like I was masquerading as a grown-up too. My long hair was for my younger self, not for middle-aged me. Then came my bike accident. 
boy, howdy, talk about status quo change. Couldn't speak, think, process, figure stuff out, couldn't exercise for months. Months have seen doctors of every type off work, then completely retired from work at friggin' 52 years of age. Blink of an eye, I'm completely different. Except, during this time, my hair grew out. It was comforting, it was familiar, and it wasn't as gray as I feared, at least not at first. I thought it would be fun to experience my long hair one more time. One more time that turned into several, several years. And it is a royal pain to take care of laughing out loud. My beauty is my bane. It's like my familiar old truck. That's great, except it doesn't get you where you need to be. Or my old familiar diet plants that are great, except they lead me down some compulsive roads that just aren't worth it to me. My long hair can be very, very beautiful. After hundreds of dollars and hours of time, and once upon a time, the veil of beauty and comfort it gave me was so very worth it. Once upon a time, I knew who I was on my diet in my old truck and waving my braid around. Today, I'm contemplating a new style as I drive my new steed to the mountain to talk about my feelings instead of heading for the chips. Maybe someday, I'll have that book showing me with short hair and smiling because the best ending of all would be me at peace with the status quo of change. Well, that was an emotional blog post for me. And there were many insightful and comforting comments. I encourage you to check them out on the website. Worth the read, and I'd love your opinion too. But I can't let BC Dave's comment of tough love pass by, as it truly gave me much to ponder, and I hope it might give you something to ponder also. Dave writes, Lori, your fear of something new, the truck and or the haircut, even writing a book, is real and valid. Please take the time to process those emotions, feel them, podcast about them, and share them. I'm going to be hard and upfront with you. It's none of your blankety-blank business if a story is being worthwhile to read for anyone. We, the BCs, know your story and the struggles, the feelings, the ups and downs are all a million times more important than your body size. One, you are still growing and learning as a person, and when your mind loves you as much as we do your body will match the image in your head. Two, I'm pretty sure the BCs will agree with me. We don't listen to you because you have the perfect body. We listen to you because you have an awesome spirit and your ups and downs match ours and lift us all. Three, you need to be honest with yourself. It is not about story being worthwhile read for anyone is about your fear of trying something new, fear of putting yourself out to an even bigger audience, and the fear of how you might feel if your book does not hit the bestseller list. Write the book! You too are a brave companion. We believe in you, we love you, and we support you. As for the truck, I'm guessing since you don't fully love yourself, you don't feel worthy of nice stuff. You made a well-thought-out, solidly-researched purchase. Let yourself enjoy it. By the way, while frustrating, nicks, dings, and scratches are a part of life. Your heart has them, your body has them, and the truck will get them.
After much thought, I wrote back, Hi, Dave. Wow, I think you've proved by your honest, tough love that you really care about me. I think you have given me much to ponder. For the truck, I'm getting over that and making good progress. I'm not sure if it is lack of worth or just my need to control things. Feeling like I have to control so much of my behavior, let alone uncomfortable environments like what will happen in a parking lot or even while driving is super duper tough. As I have this craving for keeping the truck perfect. What's weird, at the same time, I hope Mark will get a ding in it so I can relax. I know this is my brain following paths I've been trying to break, so I've been driving and finding joy in the new truck. I wrote about it because I was pretty surprised that such a wonderful event should cause me angst. Maybe you have a point that it goes more deeply than I'm aware of. For the book, I think you are also right. I don't want to set myself up for even more rejection. I think if my story had ended with an intuitively gotten thin beauty, it would have been like a Hollywood blockbuster with a happy ending. And many would have flocked to it for this example, and I would have felt proud of myself for all this external proof to short my esteem. Instead, I went the warts and all route. More like the Swedish indie movie that appeals to a narrow niche audience, and yet that narrow audience is very into the film. I think that writing such a book, like doing the podcast, has to appeal to me as a journey, as there is no predicting the outcome. So far, because I've already lived my story, the rehash doesn't feel like something I want to do. I really need an editor to help me figure out what's important to the narrative, as I don't have a good distance from my autobiography. So part of why I wrote about it in the blog is that people see different things from the outside than we do from the inside. I also love your point that you think when my mind loves me as much as you do, it will allow my body to change in line with that. Very interesting. I have been focusing much of my meditation on self-love, gratitude, and acceptance. So we'll have a chance to see if your hypothesis holds up. In the meantime, it means very much to me that you continue to share yourself and your opinions in such an honest and supportive way. You are a rock star friend, Dave. XOXOXO. P.S. I want to give special shout outs to Donnie and Josephine too, as they both said they'd love to read such a book. And seriously, if you actually think me writing a book about Compulsive Overeating Diary and its impact on my life would be a good story to read, please do let me know. I'm trying my best to see things more from outside of myself and my prejudices, so your thoughts on this are very valuable to me. And something that is always valuable to me is also meeting new BCs. And our newest BC, Patty O, posted on the About page of my first podcast, Daily Adventure Tales. Patty writes there, I found your podcast today and I listened to the first five episodes. Thanks for your courage to share your story. I am 52 years old and have struggled with compulsive overeating since I was a teen. For the last 20 years, I've been able to stay with my range due to a high metabolism and somewhat physically demanding job. However, I am caught in a cycle, particularly with chocolate and other sweets. Food obsession takes up way too much emotional and mental energy. Looking forward to continuing along with the podcast. I replied, hi, Patty. Thanks so much for reaching out. 
I relate so much to your story, except for the high metabolism laughing out loud. It was fun to see a comment on my first show, though I think this one was meant for CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Welcome, and I look very forward to hearing more of your thoughts as you move through the episodes. By the way, BCs, there are some great shows on Daily Adventure Tales, especially if you love listening to the back and forth between me and Mark. Feel free to listen to those and post your thoughts there too, as we have a special place in our hearts for all those episodes. I'll leave some links to the holiday show there and some of Mark's favorites from Daily Adventure Tales on today's show notes. The holidays are here and the new year fast approaching. So if you BCs are interested in having a holiday show this year, then please send your comments, stories, audio greetings, songs, or however you might like to share your holiday cheer by midnight, December 18th, Pacific Standard Time. Whatever we have by that date, I'll shape into a show. So until next time, BCs, take care and shine brightly in your own hearts as I really, 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 really Really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Inside my skin